You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Seattle's police response times reach over 60 minutes as staffing shortages continue. Is this shocking? Is anybody shocked by this? Is anybody shocked? We've been talking about this for over a year now. And police have been on the, the downward trend of numbers of officers out on the streets. This has been a downward trend for a long, long time. The defunding of the police started long, long ago. And here we are long before it became an actual thing. And then we did defund the police a little bit. And now we've got crime rates going up. And we're like, Oh, yeah. Oof. These aren't trends that are long term sustainable. Why are we talking about this on a real estate podcast? Well, there is a little thing called public safety that um, it's being impacted. And that impacts communities. Homes are important. Yep. People who live in them, even more important. And that is what makes up an area that is either desirable or not desirable. And right now in a lot of sections, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, you want to talk about public safety being an issue in Chicago? Holy smokes, I cringe when I just read. Uh, you know, on a Sunday night, I'll go, okay, let's let's go see what Chicago is doing. And I'll read one of my local sections that's got I've got like a, a Chicago um, type bookmark for it. And I'll get a new story. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. That's that is not good. That, last weekend, I think Chicago had 83 shootings. People got shot 13 people died. I mean, in a weekend, and I know Chicago is a big town, much three times as big as Seattle, but still, you got a lot of people either getting shot or killed or whatever. Seattle, no different. And we don't have enough cops, police officers and police men and police women to keep the, the, the street safe. And so that this is a real issue. This is a real estate issue. It's what we're doing. Before we jump on in here, um, if you're new, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And I read the news that a lot of folks don't feel like they're getting a accurate portrayal of in mainstream social media. So I'm a real estate guy. It's, it's what I'm doing. I mean, why wouldn't I this is this seems totally normal, right? Managing broker certified appraiser, all that other nonsense. Now I read the news. Let's do it. Okay. So this is this is an ongoing thing. But we're getting to that point where people are like, you know, the cops 60 minute response time for some crimes. That's if they can show up. That's if they can show up. In Portland, I did a, a podcast yesterday, we we're talking about um, there was a big, uh, there was a brawl between Antifa and one of the far right groups, I can't remember, if, um, you know, one of those groups. And they kind of got into it and the police weren't really around because they were dealing with some shootings. And so their manpower, they're, they're so down on cops in, in Portland, their manpower is spread thin. You've only got so many, you know, police officers that you can send out to a shooting. And then you got these other jokers doing who knows what. And you're like, all right, we can only get to so much. Priority one, priority two calls. We're going to take those. You got this other lower priority crime, 60 minutes or longer. And that's if they can send somebody. So here we are. And I think people are kind of waking up to the fact of, oh, yeah, this isn't good. 
why aren't the police here? Why didn't they come? Well, it's a long story. Tune into the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We talk about it a lot. But most people, they just want to believe that their lives are comfortable and everything's going to be great when they call 911. Maybe not so much. And that's why I think this is an important storyline. And this, is, this has been a major storyline for a long, 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 long time. And, um, you know, here we are. Skyrocketing response times in Seattle Police Department staffing shortages were the focus of attention at the Seattle City Council Public Safety Committee meeting. Whew. Those first three words, Seattle City Council and then Public Safety Committee meeting. Those, those two things do not go hand in hand. I am sorry. They do not go hand in hand because the Seattle City Council has done nothing to ensure public safety. In fact, the opposite, I would argue, the opposite. During discussions on the Seattle Police Department quarterly finance and staffing report Tuesday, City Council addressed Seattle Police Department staffing levels and reports that response times for certain crimes can take more than 60 minutes to respond to. And that's, again, if there's a response. Seattle Police warned that this is exactly what would happen. I think a lot of the, the rest of us did as well. The, the, these are not hard things to predict. Well, if you defund the police and if you create a work environment that is horrible, horrible, and if your city's leadership doesn't support you know, the police department, why would somebody go work for that department? Hey, come work for us. Uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here and make a little bit less money. And you know, they've got my back. Seattle hasn't had the back of their police officers for a long time, right? Now you're, now you're seeing the, the end result. So Seattle police warned, this is exactly what would happen. And I've said often, and I am by no means an expert in public safety, but I've said the impact is going to be greatest on the communities that can least afford it. And we're seeing it happen. The The crime statistics are like, ooh, that's not good. That is not good. That's crazy. Um, this is exactly what would happen as response times are getting longer and longer for certain crimes with the mass exodus of nearly 300 officers. All right, we talk about that. They've been able to hire some, but you've still got a big deficit. According to FBI numbers, there's a guideline for how many cops you need per thousand uh, population. We're not there for Seattle. We're not there for Portland. And look at how well that's working out. Mm. The attrition is concerning. And when we look at 911 response times as well, the attrition Talking about police leaving, whether it's through uh, quitting or retiring or whatever it might be. Just ah, the attrition and the response times, not good. How did we get there? Need to ask ourselves that question. How did we get here? Hmm. The agency has reduced its cost by about $13 million and saved a lot of from the general fund. Most of this is due to the officer's departure and salary savings, said Greg Dose, the city council central staff. Como News talked to the Seattle mayor and police chief about the consequences of the defund SPD movement. Remember, that was one of the big things in Chop and Chaz. Defund the police by 50% now, now. Hmm, that's not looking good, is it? That 
that is not looking good. In, in fact, we have pivoted from that to Lori Lightfoot, literally trying to say, Oh, we support our police and you know, in the uh, Chicago Police Department, um, officer got uh, killed uh, a couple of days ago. Is that this past weekend? I'm recording for this uh, for you on a Wednesday. I think that was on a Sunday that that happened. And she went to the hospital and the cops turned their back on her. And the dad of the partner of the officer that got killed said, Yeah, you don't belong here. And we don't want to hear what you have to say. Basically, get out. That was uh, that was pretty shocking. And yet, totally, totally within the realm of reason from the standpoint of Okay, yeah, wanted to defund us. And now because public safety isn't what you want it to be. You're going to try and pivot and say, Oh, well, you know, we didn't really mean that defund the police thing. But then you've got um, folks like, uh, oh, who's the uh, the gal from uh, Missouri? Oh, and she's still going on about she was on the court steps can't remember her name right now she's on the court steps going oh we need to extend out the eviction moratorium and yeah we still need to fund the police oh yeah not good not good because that ship has sailed we're not on that ship anymore as i said it before if you tell a group of employees that half of them are going to lose their jobs it's not surprising that people would leave said mayor jenny durkin from seattle i mean She's right. She's 100% right. And it's interesting that Mayor Durkin and Mayor Ted down in Portland, they've both been like, Oh, yeah, that whole defunding thing. Mm, that's no, we're, we're not supporting that supported all kinds of other stuff. But when it came right out to saying, I support defunding the police, none of these mayors really did. Um, I shouldn't say that I should say Mayor Durkin and um, Mayor Ted down in Portland. And so the the activists, they weren't on board with these mayors as a result, marches on both of their houses, I mean, just some crazy stuff. And that's why I say the city council, I mean, these are the guys responsible for what we've got going on. And the prosecutors who don't really prosecute anything. Even Tuesday, a court monitor said police staffing levels and delayed response times are threatening the police reforms a federal judge overseeing the consent decree wants to see, including community policing. So we've got this consent decree in, in Seattle. We've got one, I think, in Portland as well. And these judges, um, I'm going to do a podcast on that as well. The judge is just basically railing on the city council and saying, hey, this is a federal decree. You guys are, you guys are monkeying with the federal decree. Here's, here is what you committed to doing. And here's what you're actually doing. This isn't helping what you guys set up as your ultimate goals. You're going the wrong way here, going the wrong way. And this isn't the first time the um, federal judge overseeing this uh, consent decree has basically said, what are you doing? Because you're not helping. You said you wanted to have community policing. Here are the things that I see happening. Those things are not helping Seattle Police Department to reach those goals. What we can't do is starve the organization so much you cannot do community policing, said Dr. Antonio Aftali, court, the court monitor of Seattle Police. 
Seattle Police Department is stuck right now where they're only doing they're only doing responding to crisis and they don't have the people and resources to do true community policing. There you go. These are not hard concepts to to figure out. All right, if you don't have enough cops and you got a crime or two going on and all the cops are tied up on those crimes, you don't have cops to respond to the rest of the stuff, let alone do the true community policing that a lot of folks are saying, and I myself included are saying, uh, if you had more police on the streets, certain percentage of these shootings probably wouldn't happen. So but then other folks are saying, who was it? Oh, yeah, it was uh, the city commissioner down in Portland was saying uh, Hardesty. Yeah, Joanne Hardesty was saying, um, based on, on one of the shootings that, that happened in Portland, even if you had 10 police officers standing on the corner, nothing would happen. And then the police commissioner's like, no, no, I, I really do think that if you had 10 police officers on that street corner and somebody was going to do a shooting and they looked around and went, mm, there's 10 police officers here. <sighs> My odds of getting away with this are slim to none. I'm probably just not going to do that. I, I think that's an accurate statement. I would, I would lay my, I'd lay my bet. I'm not much of a betting guy, self-employed. That's enough for me. Not much of a betting guy. Don't really go to Vegas. Um, little sports betting. I mean, that's kind of fun. That way you can sit there and watch the big screen and feel good about, you know, contributing to the, uh, the betting, uh, economy, um, if you're there. But, um, if I were to bet on if a, if there were 10 cops and somebody was going to do a shooting that they probably would be less inclined to do that with that police presence than if there wasn't a police presence. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, that, that seemed reasonable. It seems reasonable to me. So, but they said Seattle Police Department can have 15 million in savings from the salaries of people leaving. Seattle Police Department has a budget over $400 million. Four hundred large. You know why? Because you need a lot of cops to support a city of 700 and what, 70,000 people. And that's about where you're at. So $15 million? That doesn't do jack, right? Doesn't do jack. The council fully funded the hiring plan as proposed by the mayor's office. Yeah, but the um, we're down, we're down substantially on the on number of police officers. And then if you want to have additional training go on, that costs money, that costs money. So you need some more cops. So you need some more training. So we can avoid the whole George Floyd deal, right? I mean, get that training everybody's talking about. But you need money. You can't defund. You can't go the wrong way here. So despite the point that f council fully funded the Seattle Police Department's 2021 staffing plan, it is self-evident that officers are leaving the department in unprecedented numbers, added council member and public safety chair Lisa Herbold. Nobody on the Seattle City Council has really supported the police. In fact, they've gone the opposite way. And you might have you might have one council member every now and then voting, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. But for the most part, when all the crazy stuff was going on during Chop and Jazz, Seattle City Council didn't do anything. It was it was it was crickets. Basically crickets from the mayor on down on this crazy stuff happening, people ripping into stores, people looting stores. 
What was it? It was crickets. Nothing. Nothing. Despite that, Seattle Police Department said it's been challenging recruiting and retaining officers in the city's divisive political climate. Mm, divisive. On a scale of negative 100 to positive 100, how would you endorse a family member coming to work where you work? Said Christopher Fisher, Seattle Police Department Strategic Initiatives Director. So you got negative 100 up to zero, zero up to 100. That is your scale. Seattle Police Departments, what is its score of that 200-point rating system? Seattle Police Departments is negative 50, which is bad. That's literally the next sentence, which is bad. It's not good. It's bad. Negative 50. All right. How are you feeling about going to work today? Uh, Negative 50. And you got to remember, there's some really bad scores in there. If you're averaging out to a negative 50, there's some bad scores because it's tough to be a cop in Seattle. It's tough to be a cop in Portland. And I'm not just saying that because I love police officers, but I saw what they had to deal with with the jokers during last summer's protests. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. I'd be a hard no-go. I would want to, I would want to, I don't know what I would want to do if I were a cop and I was confronting those people. I would want to care front them, meaning I care about them, but I also want to confront them in a way that I get my opinion over to them of what I think of them. And it probably wouldn't end well for me as a police officer. It probably wouldn't. But the stuff that cops have to put up with now is so crazy. It's absurd. And that's why we've got cops quitting in record numbers. Hey, you don't want us here? All right, I'm out of here. I'm retiring. I'm quitting. I'm doing a lateral move. That's, I mean, this is, this is, this is easy. This is cherry picking the storyline. This is a no brainer. Last month, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin asked City Council to approve a bill that would lift $7.5 million in restrictions on the police budget to help with the staffing shortages. All right, that's a good, that's a good start. Uh, you're going to need a bunch more money. Come on news asked her office what the latest on the bill and a mayoral spokesman sent a response saying it's interesting that they actually sent a response. Over the past year, the city council has advocated for cutting 50% of officers. This is from the mayor's office has advocated for cutting 50% of officers threatened out of order layoffs. Remember that they just wanted to they, they just wanted to, to fire the old white dudes. Like if I were a cop, they want to fire me because I've got the most experience and yeah, equity and profiling and just a bunch of other nonsense. They wanted to, uh, because the police officers that, you know, the first in first out, the police officers that they, they've hired, a lot of them are police officers that are not necessarily old white dudes, right? And so we can't fire them. We need to fire old white dudes because clearly this is all their fault. So they wanted to threaten out of order layoffs. And let's be honest, old white chicks too. Let's not be sexist here. I want to cut you out of there too. But you know, being an old white dude is, this is not where you want to be in 2021. It's not a, it's not a, not a cakewalk. Nobody really likes you. Nobody really likes your opinion. It's kind of like, all right, you just deal with it. And, and I, I kind of jokingly say that because it's, it's not that bad. But every time you turn around, it's, ah, old white dude, hm, you suck. All right. 
whatever. So threatened out of order layoffs. That was a good one. That was interesting. And cut the salary of former chief Carmen Best and her leadership staff. I think they were going to cut Carmen Best's um, her salary by like 40%. Yeah, I'd quit too. I'm going to go take that job in the private sector, make more money and not have people scream at me with a bullhorn while I'm doing a press conference. That literally happened. I remember Carmen Best saying, that is so rude. And I remember thinking, that is, I would like to take that bullhorn, that megaphone that that guy is screaming at and, you know, do something that would be entertaining. Maybe throw it across the parking lot. That's what I was kind of thinking, right? City Council continues to hold millions of dollars of department budget hostage and has yet to act on the mayor and Seattle Policeman Department's comprehensive budget proposal. Because the city council has been so so behind the whole defund the, the, the police movement, that was just such a big deal last summer. And now we're having some issues with public safety and whew, we are reimagining and rethinking that whole defund the police thing because that's not working out all that well. Mm. Now, 60 minute wait for some crimes. And that's if they're able to show. They're not, well, you know, we're too busy. We're doing other stuff. Property crimes, good luck there. If you're in Seattle, good luck there. This council president now cares about recruitment and retention at the Seattle Police Department. She should look at departing officers' exit memos who will note lack of support from city council as a key reason for job dissatisfaction, negative 50, and separation, then vote to immediately to support the mayor and Seattle Police Department's proposal regarding hiring and retention. Publicly promising to fire 50% of your workforce is a failed retention strategy, which is why Mayor Durkin, former Chief Best, and Interim Chief Diaz have warmed city council against layoffs and blunt cuts. Hmm. Hmm. As the Seattle Police Department has stated repeatedly, the key to promoting retention of officers is improving officer morale. So the mayor hopes that council can quickly approve her proposed plan and bring meaningful solutions to the staffing crisis. All right, so you got to get some more money in there. Got to release those funds. You got to hire some more cops. Got to hire some more cops. Put some more cops on the street. Hmm. I think that will happen. It's going to take some time. And in the meantime, more innocent people are going to be killed or maimed or whatever it is. Uh, we are having uh, an epidemic of shootings and here in Seattle. And it is, it's actually becoming, I think, aware to more mainstream people. Because if you follow Seattle Real Estate Podcast, I'll report on a shooting any given day. If it's a, you know, if it's a major news story, and that means that I won't get paid because YouTube doesn't like the violence algorithm, even though I'm just reporting the news. I just did a podcast on um, Governor Como uh, resigning and they basically demonetized that video, talking about YouTube, demonetized the video because it had to do with sexual abuse. Well, that is the storyline, correct? I mean, that is why he's stepping down. And so I read a news story on that. And because it politically wasn't where YouTube wants to have news at, I don't get paid. And YouTube doesn't push out my content. 
So that's going on. And I think a lot of folks, they don't really want to admit that maybe their streets aren't quite as safe as they thought they were, because it's much easier to just stick your head in the sand and go on about your life because life has so many complexities anyway. And by complexities, I mean hurdles to overcome. All right. I've, I've beat this topic to death, but we're gonna this is this is a bonus round here. This is a bonus story. Story of uh, the first round of campers cleared from troubled City Hall Park. Why are we talking about this? The courthouse in downtown Seattle has had just shootings, crime. It's the it's the it's the most dangerous park in Seattle. This is next door to the King County Courthouse. And the King County Courthouse a week ago, I think it was, had a young uh, a lady in the restroom and a guy that had just been released from jail went in there, dropped his pants down to his ankles and tried to rape her. And one of the cow- courthouse employees in the courthouse heard her screaming in the restroom, in the lady's restroom, and went and rescued her. Stuff like that is happening because you've got Looney Tunes walking around, nobody's in jail. And you've got crime running rampant out of this park. This is literally next door to the King County Courthouse. I had somebody email me yesterday and say, hey, the people that are most that that are being impacted by this and can be impacted the most are like old people going down to the courthouse to do jury duty. And they don't know where they are. You know how when you don't know where you are, and you kind of look around, you're like, and you you stop and you know, you meander. Um, You're a target. You're a target outside King County Courthouse if you do that. People will rob you. I mean, did story after story after story that I've read. So the first round of campers cleared from troubled city hall park. Troubled. It's troubled. It has troubles. Seattle is taking the first steps to clear out a crime-ridden homeless camp that poses ongoing safety concerns around the King County Courthouse. 33 judges wrote a letter and said, clear this park out. They've talked about developing the park into a parking lot or, you know, something else, just so there isn't the park there. So that all the homeless that the city of Seattle is not clearing out can't be there, and they can actually operate the courthouse. I've also been told that the courthouse is going to physically stay there, the courthouse stays there, all the employees and everybody else leaves and works somebody else. Sheriff's Department last Friday said, nobody's going into the office, the courthouse, you're all working remotely. It's too dangerous. The courthouse is too dangerous. This is the King County Courthouse. This is how bad things have gotten. It's insane. This week, an outreach program began placing some of those homeless people into local shelters, and it's possible that City Hall Park could be cleared within weeks. The homeless camp has been the site of brutal attacks and even a murder in recent months. An alliance of outreach providers called Just Care has been working for weeks to build relationships with the people camping in the park and get them ready to transition into more permanent housing. It always takes some just horrific crime, and that's a seven-month-old lady almost getting raped by a guy who said that it was consensual because she could sense his meth energy. He had made a little concoction of homemade meth, and he took it, and he was down to do some stuff that, mm, not good. Seattle City Council Member Andrew Lewis said Just Care is key to the city's homeless response. 
Well, somebody needs to get in there and clear this out, right? This is how progress is going to look with a lot of the encampments that have been problematic in the city. On Tuesday, about two dozen people were moved into hotel rooms that include on site services for mental illness or drug addiction. In a recently issued statement, members of Just Care said they were ready to make the move weeks ago, but city politics got in the way. The pace picked up on August 1st when the city for the first time paid in to Just Care, Lewis said. The city council approved $12 million earlier this year for outreach programs like Just Care, but the money is just now getting out the door because you had something horrific happen. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, instead of reimagining and rethinking, hey, who, who, who's the check signer here? Who's the check? You need to sign that damn check, get it to somebody and let's get something going because this is not making us look good. So how long has this homeless encampment been there? And how long has it been out of control at um, King County Courthouse? A long time, a long time, because we've been doing a lot of reimagining and rethinking and not really doing anything in reality, we're just we're thinking about stuff. The important thing is that it gets done and it gets done once and for all, he said, until the campers move back. Until then, there's that. Because that's typically what happens. We see that at Cal Anderson Park in, in Seattle in the Chop Chaz zone. It's cleared out. It's all cleared out. Taxpayers pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it all squared away. And then tents come back. Still, dozens of campers remain, as do safety concerns at the courthouse. It's especially true after a homeless man was charged with trying to rape a woman in a courthouse bathroom. That is some scary stuff. Scary stuff. I've recently come to know a young lady who works in bail bonds. And um, she said, yeah, I've used that restroom. It is scary. This is not good. And she's just trying to do her job. Many are now looking to see if Just Care is that long-sought solution. We need to figure out how we can scale a response and approach like that for these other encampments around the city, Lewis said. A lot of the money for new shelters is already approved, but has yet to be spent. So far, the city council has funded 2,250 enhanced shelter spaces. Only about 280 are actually up and running. And you probably need 12,000, I'm totally guessing. I'm going I'm to go on the outside end of how many you know spaces we need. It's a lot. Only about 280 are actually up and running. And they're buying hotels and they're buying, you know, they're, they're trying to create housing. But does housing do it? If they've got these wraparound services, I don't know. I mean, these, some of these people are just, they're literally, they've got mental issues and they've got drug addiction issues. Those are the two big ones. And then we don't really do anything about crime in Seattle. So we wonder why they're just running around, criming it up and, um, then we don't have enough police to protect the citizens because we defunded them and we didn't really want them to be here in the first place. And we wonder why we've just got this perfect storm of lack of public safety, negative 50. Collaboration between the mayor and council has freed up more money in recent weeks and more shelter spaces expected to open this fall. Isn't that great? I mean, it is. It, it is great. Uh, but it's kind of like it's a day late, a dollar short. Where were you when, when this got really bad? And we just kind of, ah, it's not that bad. I mean, there was a homeless dude who was taking photos and somebody came up and stole his camera and then they kicked his dog up in the air and it came down and it died. 
And that's legit straight up a story. It's like, how many of these stories do you have to have before you go? Hmm. Yeah, this is just this is anarchy is what it is. It's street anarchy that we have allowed to happen in the city of Seattle. And we just kind of turn the other way and go, it's not that bad. It's, it's, it's Seattle. It's grungy, grunge, grunge movement. Kurt Cobain would have approved. He was actually homeless at one time. Yeah, living under a bridge. (sighs) Yeah, crazy times, right? Negative 50 is what I'm going to leave you with today, which is the score the Seattle Police Department gives on working as a police officer in Seattle out of a score of 200. Not good. That's not a good score. <laughs> All right. That's it for enough for, uh, for, for this one today. Thanks so much for being here. I'd love to have you subscribe if you so see fit. If not, eh, do your thing. Maybe you will next time there's going to be a next time recording. Uh, right now I'm recording three podcasts a day, sometimes four. Um, and we release two of them Monday through Friday and one on Saturday and one on Sunday. So you've got plenty of content to, to check out. Thanks again for being here. Thanks so much for listening. And um, I will catch up with you soon. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you then. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.